this class, Bhagavad Gita chapter 4, it's class 54, uh, we're going to cover verse 14 and 15. Any questions before we begin? Yoga of renunciation of action in wisdom. Topic 2, how self relates to action. So the second topic we started last week explains the self's relationship with action. We perform action. Without Atman, the self, Brahman, God, we cannot perform any, anything. We're performing actions throughout our lives. So the spirit, the Atman within us, enables us to act. But what role does Atman play? This is what we're discussing. We are made up of the body, mind, intellect, and the Atman, the self, spirit, Brahman, God. Without this aspect, without the self, we cannot perform any actions. Any questions? So what role does that spirit play? in our lives. See, most of us think God is outside. We don't realize. Everyone thinks, most people think God is in a church, in a temple. But what we're learning is that actually God is within us. And that in itself is a revelation. You don't have to go far to find God. So just a quick recap. Verse 11, we covered. The self in the Lord Krishna is the same self in all of us. There is no difference. Lord Krishna was a Mahatma, self-realized soul. Same self in him is in us. It is the enlivening principle in all activities of all beings. The self is the source of all actions, be they good, bad, or neutral. Self does not interfere with the choice of action. The action is decided by the mind and the intellect. We cannot blame God or praise God for when things go right or wrong in our life. Forget about it. God has nothing to do with it. Good things happen. God has nothing to do with it. Bad things happen. God has nothing to do with it. A terrorist cannot terrorize without the self, Atman. A doctor can't save lives without the self, Atman. A person can't gain self-realization without the self, Atman. 
The self says, you use me how you want. You use me how you want, it's up to you. I leave the choice of action to you. You wanna perform good action, you wanna perform bad actions, it's down to you. Nothing to do with the self, or what the self is saying. The self declares that all people tread only my path, but in many different ways. Any questions? So we're trying to explain the role of the self in our lives, Godhood, the spirit. You are in charge of your own actions. Whatever you do, you'll have to deal with the consequences. This is called karma. Nothing to do with God. And the sooner we realize that, the sooner we can make the right decisions. Verse 12, in Hinduism, there's only one God. Not so many, there's not, we, we in Hinduism, we have hundreds of gods. There's only one God. But because human beings are attracted to worldly things, name, fame, power, wealth, this is what is on everyone's mind. This is what attracts most of us. This is where the mind is. No one has time to think of God. So these great saints thousands of years ago noticed this behavior in human beings. Mind is always going to worldly things. So very ingeniously, what they did was wherever the mind went, they planted God and goddesses. So wherever your mind went, there was a God there for you to pray to. So you can gain that material wealth, that material goal. An idol, a limited goal, God was present there. Lakshmi, Saraswati, Hanuman, Ganesha. By this plan, the mind is reminded of God, the Supreme Self, even while pursuing the desired objects of the world. So there is only one God. Any questions? But God is in a form given to you as a murti, so you can identify with that. With the spirit, it's hard to identify. That is, that is why an idol is given to us. But the idol isn't God. That form isn't God. Just so our minds can relate to God. And then verse 13, the four castes, Brahman, Kshatriya, Vaisha, Sudra, it is not based on birthright, but based on the gunas, the different qualities of a human being. As we said previously, every human being is made up of the three qualities called gunas, sattva, rajas, tamas. American, Indian, it doesn't matter. Everyone is made of those three qualities. Sattva is the highest quality, serene, calm mind, rajas, agitated mind. Most people are rajasic. And then tamas, lazy mind, ignorant. And every human being is made up of those three gunas in different proportions. So if you have a high sattvic quality, you're called a Brahmin caste. 
you have a high rajasic quality, you are Kshatriya class. And when the qualities drop further, you are Vaishya, trader class. And then the tamasic quality, you become a Sudra, laborer. So throughout the world, it doesn't matter what nationality you are, if you are a human being, you are made of these three gunas. And the self is saying, I support all these qualities. I support all these classes. Any questions? That's just last week's class covering. So we're all on the same page. Yeah, everyone good? Damesh? So we'll start verse 14. Namam karmani limpanti Name karma pale spriha Iti mam yo pijanati Karma birnasabadyate Namam karmani limpanti Name karma pale spriha Iti mam yo pijanati Karma birnasabad yate Actions do not taint me, nor have I a desire for the fruit of action. He who knows me thus is not bound by actions. Actions do not taint me, nor have I a desire for the fruit of action. He who knows me thus is not bound by actions. Any idea what this means? Who's talking? Who's making a statement? Who's making this statement? Atman. Atman. Thank you, Chilaman. The Atman is stating this. Actions do not taint me, nor have I a desire for the fruit of action. Today's class, we are going to spend maybe only on this verse. I refers to the self within us. The self that enlivens our body to feel. The mind to feel emotions, the intellect to think, the body to act, the God within us. As we said, God is just not, a, not just at a temple, God is everywhere. So here the self is talking. What does it mean? Actions do not taint me. What does it mean? Actions do not taint me. Nor have I a desire for the fruit of action. Right, Nilam? Is it, is it, when it says they don't taint me, is it that even like, so when we judge people as a, so say for example, a terrorist. Yep. The, the self within them, despite their action, will still remain pure. It's, you know, you can't, yeah, you can't change it. It's not changeable. It doesn't affect the self. Whatever actions is performed, it doesn't affect the self. So we're looking at the uh, qualities here. We're exploring further the role of the self in human beings. 
Whatever action you perform, the self is saying, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't think me. Atman is not affected. You rob a bank, you go to prison, Atman is not affected. Self is not affected. You save somebody's life, self said, I'm not affected. Doesn't make any difference to me. You do what you want. I don't have a desire for the fruit of action. Atman doesn't want anything from you. Self doesn't want anything from you. You go to a fancy restaurant, have dinner. Atman has no desire to eat in that restaurant. You buy a big mansion, live in it. You travel first class, get a private jet. You enjoy flying everywhere. Atman is not interested, saying, you do what you want. Doesn't make any difference to me. I have no desire to live in there or fly anywhere. Yep, so. Because it just all is pervade, it's all pervading. Is that why? It, 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 you can't change something that is changeless. Mm -hmm. Is that why? So, for example, our body changes, it ages, you know, um, our mind changes with thoughts and emotions, and our intellect, I suppose, develops with more knowledge. Mm -hmm. But really, if we're thinking about why the self is not tainted or um, affected it's because mm, something that is uh, pure and exists it's like gold is pure it can't be it, its properties can change for you to mold it into what you want mm -hmm. but relatively gold is pure and it exists yeah. is that do you is that why um, your statement is correct but we're not discussing those qualities of Atman. We're discussing the qualities of Atman self as far as a human being is concerned. For action. Yeah. Because in our lives, we feel that God is responsible for what, who we are. God is responsible for what we do, how we behave. We are very easily happy to blame God for everything. So this verse is saying that God is not responsible. This is what we need to learn from this. We are responsible. Yeah, I mean, I suppose we don't really blame God for our actions. We kind of think, why is this person behaving in this way? You know, can't God help that person to get more understanding of how that person is behaving? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, a terrorist, right? Is supposedly for their better good or so they believe okay but we then might think why is it that they think in that way can't god change their mindset or help to change their mindset for them to think of not doing what they're doing so we don't blame ourselves we blame others don't we we want them to change yeah. to suit our needs yeah. or how we perceive should, is right or wrong Absolutely. We think we're perfect, you see? Everyone else is imperfect because they behave differently from us. <laughs> this is the problem. 
but that's not true either. Your perfection compared to whom? Are you perfect compared to Lord Krishna? Are you perfect compared to Christ? Are you perfect compared to Buddha? Then you'll show all your imperfection. So what is perfection? Yeah, we're not here, to, we can't judge other people. We just have to accept people will be based, but will base their actions on based on the vasanas, which is the result of their cause and effect. Whatever actions they did, they have to deal with the repercussions of that. Does it, everyone understand cause and effect, don't they? Anyone who doesn't? Law of karma? You reap what you sow. So you can't blame God for anything. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever condition, state you are in, it's got nothing to do with God. So the sooner we understand that, the better. Any clarifications? question? My question was that if the Atman has nothing to do with this mind, body and intellect, mm -hmm. how do we carry our karmas into the next life? That's the biggest question. How do you? Carry your karmas. We say it's your karma that yep. we are reaping for this life. Yeah. But then there must be some form of connection with karma and Atman. Um, anybody would like to answer that? Well, how do you mean by connection with Dharma and Atman? What, what relationship are you talking about? Because when we say we perform karmas, right, it's to do with the actions we have performed in this life that we carry through, through the next life. Yeah. But, and if we say that the Atman is, has got nothing to do with our karmas, yeah. Then there must be some form of connection for this Atman to take us to the next, okay. Okay. next life and body or continue yeah. our karmas and finish it. Uh, good, good clarification, Shilabin. I'm glad you asked that question. Anybody would like to help Shilabin? Anybody want to try and attempt? Yeah, Nilam? Is it because um, the Atman doesn't, that's not going to move because it's all pervading, but where all that is carried through is through the mind and intellect that then goes into a new vessel to yeah. carry out the karma, I don't know. Okay, no, good attempt, good attempt. Venita, I want people to think. Venita? So your vasanas is what brings you back. So if you, in this life, are carrying out your karma from your past lives and then you're adding on to that bag of karmas, then your Atman just carries you into another vessel to complete that desire. It doesn't have a job to do anything in particular because you need the Atman because it's all around us, it's in, in living in everything. So it's not, that doesn't cause it, it's just a part of the God's, spirit i suppose is that i don't know so it doesn't do anything it's just that you have to carry on until you get to that point where you don't have to do this anymore it's yeah. 
So is the karma and vasana one and the same thing? No, the karmas are your what you're doing now. So if you're doing good things, right? So then in your next life, when you your vasanas will be more spiritual. So it means that your the action is your karma and your vasana is your desire. So if those two attach and comes to the Atman who's giving you this chance body, to yeah, this body, mind, and intellect to complete your vasanas. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank Is you. Kevin? Yeah, I was gonna say I think of it um like an onion. If you think about it, the center is where your atman is, right? And these karmas and vasanas we have are all the layers of the onion. Mm -hmm. And our goal, it's eventually over millions of lives, is to peel away these layers by strengthening our intellect so that we can expose that Atman in its pure form. Um, now, when you say moving from life to life, it's, it's that same you know, package that's moving over from, from life to life. It's just that at each time we hope that we are not adding more layers, we're actually removing the layers, right? Yeah, very good analogy, Kevin. Well done. Absolutely. So everything's happening in the medium of Atman. Whatever's going on in this world is happening in the medium of Atman. Imagine the ocean is Atman. Yeah, Pacific Ocean is Atman. All the different fishes living in there, all the different life living in there is born in the ocean, grows up in the ocean, dies in the ocean. Yeah, what has the ocean got to do with it? The big fish is born, small fish is born, one eat fish eats the other fish. Yeah, all sorts of things are happening in the ocean. What has the ocean got anything to do with it? Who eats who? What happens? Ocean has nothing to do with it. It's happening in the medium of the ocean. Similarly, everything that's functioning in life on this planet in this universe is happening in the medium of Brahman, Atman, self. Without the ocean, the fishes cannot survive. They cannot perform any actions. Similarly, without Brahman, Atman, self, none of us can perform any actions. Yeah. That's another example. Now, what happens in the ocean has a lot, has a, has a mind of its own. What happens on this planet Earth has got nothing to do with Brahman. Everyone makes their own decisions, lives their own lives, good and bad. Has nothing to do with Brahman. But without Brahman, this couldn't happen. Next, I'm going to give you an example now, which will explain that. Yeah, but specifically to your question, birth, death, Vasanas, karma happens in the medium of this spirit Brahman. And it evolves automatically under this. You perform your actions, good, bad, you deal with the effects. And you continue in the next life, all in the medium of Atman. So you're in control of your life. You're in control of your next birth. based on your current actions. 
And as Kevel said, the goal is to remove those layers or basnas, those desires. So ultimately you become one with the self or you reach the core. Is that okay, Shilamit? Is that more clearer? Yes, yeah, it does now. Makes sense. So therefore, you're responsible for everything. Don't blame God for anything. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin. I just want to ask, we say we are responsible because we have the element of free will, right? Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. You have free will to make decisions in your life. No one's forcing you to do anything. And that free will has been given to us only, not to animals, only human beings. Because only a human being can become self-realized. That's why we have free will. So the choice is ours. So we got this example, which we've given many times, and we're gonna go for it again, but in a bit more detail. And if you understand this example, you have understood God. Yeah? And it's, it's the same example when we use petrol in a car, yeah? We can say God can be compared to petrol in a car. So the analogy is God is petrol. No car can move without petrol. Do we agree? Forget about electricity and everything, yeah? Damesh? But the car is God as well. Car is God as well. In the sense that everything is God, you're God as well. Yeah. Yeah. But who's driving the car? God, because God is me and I am God. God is you. But you have free will and you're not, you got, even though Brahman is within you, as I said initially, without the self, you can't drive the car. The way you drive it is up to you. Yeah. That is free will for you. But forget about that at the moment. Let's just see if we can understand this yeah? analogy. No car can move without petrol. Yeah. But petrol doesn't have a desire to go anywhere. Nor does it object or stop you from going anywhere. Yeah? No car can move, move without petrol, but petrol doesn't have a desire to go anywhere. I want to go to the beach. Petrol doesn't care. You want to go to the beach, you go. It doesn't object to it. It doesn't stop you from going anywhere. Maybe the petrol prices might stop you, but that's about it. So similarly, God within us, Atman within us, has no desire to perform any action. But neither does it stop us from performing any actions. Yeah, we all understand that? Petrol doesn't stop you from going anywhere. Doesn't object. Similarly, God within us has no desire to go anywhere, perform any action. It doesn't stop us from doing that. My head moves side from side. Yeah. Without the Atman, I cannot move it. I cannot move that. I cannot perform this action without the Atman. But Atman has no interest, desire if I move it or not. My head. Nothing to do with Atman. Without Atman, I couldn't move my head. No action can be performed without the Atman. But Atman has no desire for any action. 
Everyone on the same page? Everyone understand, Ravi? Yeah. In a small car, the power is small. Small car, petrol, you fill up petrol, the power is small. Maximum speed, 80 miles an hour, you can go in that car. In a medium car, the same petrol, power is medium. You can go 120 miles an hour because it's a medium car, bigger engine. In a fast car, Aston Martin, the power is huge. You can go 170 miles an hour. Is the petrol any different in any of the cars? Petrol in all three cars is the same. But the expression, the power is different in all three cars. You see where I'm getting going with this? So, in all human beings, the Atman, God is the same, but the actions, the expression is different. A person living in the Amazon jungle, never been out of the jungle, uneducated, living in a hut, the actions, the expressions are different. Same Atman. Then you have people here in the Western world, educated, have everything, everything they need to live a comfortable life. The expressions are different. God is the same, Atman is the same. Then there are outstanding people, Einstein, Mother Teresa, Mahatma Gandhi, Swami Ramatita, Swami Tapavan, Lord Krishna, Lord Buddha, Jesus Christ. God is the same in them as well. Expression is different. Why is it different? Why is it different? Why is it different? We said in a car, the engine is small, medium, large. Why is it different in different people? Vanita? Because all our desires are different. So all our, what we want in life is different. We all desire different things. So what you desire might not be what I want. It doesn't matter, does it? It's... You're right, absolutely. The expression is different in everyone because of the different equipments it functions through. Just like petrol through the different cars perform differently. Our body, mind, intellect, vasanas are all different for every human being. So therefore the expression is different. But petrol is the same, Atman is the same. So you can say it's a, the clarity of the minds are better. Clarity of the personality is different. Yeah. We can't just say mind. So we say personality covers everything. Okay. That's why all the different kinds of human beings in the world, terrorist, doctor, Mahatma, good, bad, different equipments, different vasanas. But Brahman, Atman is the same in everyone. So whatever we do in life has nothing to do with God, as I said. It is our own actions. 
you rob a bank, go to prison, it's your fault, not God's. You can't say God made me do it. Rob the bank. Dharmesh will say, yes, God did make me do it. <laughs> it's God's fault. As I say, I'm here because of God and God is everything. Yep. So, yeah, you're right, absolutely. My desires are from God. Yeah. Everything goes back to God. Absolutely. You have to accept that fundamental. doesn't matter if you call A, B, C, all elements is God. Absolutely. In the end. But. Even my free will is God. Absolutely. Everything is God. In fact, this whole world is God. But unfortunately, with our limited intellect, we're not able to understand that. As I said, theoretically, we understand it. But we're not convinced. Because our actions speak differently, all of us. So, any questions? We're responsible for our own actions. The day you become self-realized, then you can say, yes, everything is God. I'm God. It's that state, isn't it? Because what um, Dharamesh just said about everything is God, I'm God. So, um, you know, but if we're thinking about individuals who have become self-realized, their identification with that God or Atman in limiting principle is 100%. Mm -hmm. Whereas where we lack that ability to keep that thought process from a, you know, a 0% even, or we might understand a minuscule of it right now, mm -hmm. but in everyday life activity to continue in that state and not be affected by anything, that's the biggest difference, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely, definitely, that's right. But, you know, we understand that, but only a very small percentage of we understand. Yeah. But as you get more knowledge, that percentage increases till you reach 100% understanding, then you're self-realized, I am God. Right now, don't you're saying I am God. But when you say, I am God. That's the day you're self-realized. Yeah? Thomas, yeah. See, my issue is, and, and mm. it's just my issue, I suppose, is that is the belief, the sadda, in what we're saying. You're and absolutely right. You should have that. Yeah? And what you're saying is absolutely right. And I'm not saying in any way that you're wrong. Yeah? But that's ultimate understanding. But And the fact is, that's your goal. When you're 100% not affected by anything, you've reached that goal. Yeah. So it's good to have that as the goal and that understanding. I commend you. Any other questions? So we should have a basic understanding of the role of God in our lives, in this world. 
And having the understanding gives us the freedom of making better choices, being less affected, clearer understanding of life. And that's all we need, isn't it? Clearer understanding of life so we can make better decisions. He who knows me thus is not bound by actions. He who knows me, capital M, means the self, thus is not bound by actions. Right now, we are all bound, meaning affected by our actions. Whatever happens to you, it affects you. Why does it affect you? Anita, why does it affect you? It affects us because of our ignorance of who we are. Our ignorance of the fact that we don't understand the God principle within us. And that's the veil that needs to be lifted, isn't it? Who are you, Vanita? I am, so to the world, I am Vanita. To me, I'm, I am the self. <laughs> But whenever you don't identify with the self and you identify with Vanita, that's when you're affected. Which is all the time because like what Dharmesh said and what um, everyone else is saying, it's that minuscule moment now while we're talking, okay, we understand the God principle, but how long can we keep that in our mind? As soon as somebody speaks, we react. And as soon as we react, our mindset's changed. As soon as you turn the laptop off, your mind will change. Right now you're in that zone. All of you are in that zone, I can see that. But can you keep that going once you've turned your laptop off? And that's what it's all about. How long can you remember that? How long can you identify with that? It affects you because you identify with the material aspects of your personality, meaning your body, mind, intellect. That's why it affects you. Those who identify with the self understands the role of the self in action is no longer bound. You gain total objectivity. Become a witness to life, to your own life. You see yourself as a different person that objectivity. You have to think about these things. As soon as you say I'm Vanita, you're affected. As soon as you say I'm the self, you're unaffected. Any questions? So this exa other example I'm going to give, which we've covered before, to demonstrate this. We've, met, we've mentioned it many times about the only way to understand God is for comparison. We, said, we talk about the actor on stage, yeah? An actor in the theater in the West End, he plays the role of a pauper down on his luck, but he wins the lottery in the play. 
in, on stage, in a play, he wins the lottery. Will he celebrate after the show? Come on, I'll treat you. I've won the lottery. Let's all go out for dinner. Will he treat? What do you think? Anything? No. Because it's, is, it's like you're in a dream, isn't it? When you're in a dream and you win the lottery, you don't wake up with those millions of pounds in your bank. So it's the same exactly. thing, isn't it? He understands. Is just the role he's playing on stage. He won the lottery on stage in the play. That was his role. An actor playing Romeo in Romeo and Juliet. What happens? Falls in love with Juliet. Oh, Juliet, my Juliet. In the play, he plays his role beautifully. The audience gives him a standing ovation. Wow, he played Romeo really well. When the play is over, will he go to his wife and say, I'm leaving you now because I love Juliet? Huh, Sissy? He's not going to say that, is he? The wife will give him a slap. Hey, get off that costume now. <laughs> Why not? Why doesn't he say that? Why doesn't he say that? It was just a role. It was just not a role, just acting. That's not the real him. He's just playing a role. When the play is over, he understands he is not that person anymore. He knows his real identity. He isn't Romeo in real life. Well, he may be, but not in front of his wife. More serious. An actor plays the role of a person on death row. He's about to be executed. He goes through the emotions, the pain, the suffering of a person who's going to die. Once the play is over, he's free. So no matter what role he or she plays, actions do not paint him. Actions do not paint me, it says. Whatever role he plays. So you've all heard the saying that the world is a stage. We are mere actors. We have our entrances and we have our exits. Shakespeare, this is life. We're all on this stage of this world. This world is a stage, we're all acting. All of us are playing our different roles. Everything affects us because we're identifying with that role. When is there you're playing housewife, beautician, mother, Ravi, you're playing your role, Vijaybhai, you're playing your role. All of you are playing your role. And because we're identifying this actor on stage, you're all actors, you're identifying with that. That's why you're affected. We've lost our real identity, which is the self. And the moment we understand this, come in contact with our real self, 
then nothing in the world affects us. Any questions? Steep for a Sunday morning. Just have it makes clear. So this is the situation. One moment we understand we are the self, nothing in the world affects us. Self is not affected by any actions performed in the world. Now you're identifying your true personality self, you're also not affected. So therefore, right now, whatever issues we're going through in life is because of the lack of an identification. Lack of identification of who we really are. And that's why we're affected. Christ was crucified. He said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. They're in ignorance. Therefore, those who identify with the self is liberated from the world. Self-realization, you're liberated from the world. Nothing affects you then. You become one with your true personality. So what is the hindrance? What is stopping us from achieving this? Ravi? Oh, I think attachments, desires. Yeah. All, all of the things. Also, as you said, um, Shamila was saying, like when you're playing your role, and obviously you know you're playing your role, you have your obligations, but that's what sometimes uh, I think, as you said, if you don't go back to thinking you're the self and you're playing the role, you let that affect you if you don't understand it. Now you know you're, you're, you're fulfilling your obligations and you're playing the role, and that's you doing it because you have to do it, but it shouldn't affect you negatively. Hmm. And that's the whole idea of spiritual development. As you develop spiritually, you're identifying more with the self. As you identify more with the self, you're less affected in the world. Simple as that. It's not difficult. And that's the journey. That's the journey of spiritual development. Your desires, vasanas, your material layers, all that is the hindrance. So this is very deep, what we've covered. But this is the subject of the Gita. The whole of Gita talks of the self. Lord Krishna only talks of the self. He's talking to Arjuna, so he has to explain to Arjuna in a way that he would understand. Similarly, therefore, we're studying the Gita and we're, being, we're discussing it in a way that we can understand it with our limited intellects. But the role of the Gita is to help us reunite with the self, our true personality. Any questions? Told you we're going to cover mainly just one verse today. <laughs> it's so deep. Hema, sorry to keep you waiting. The self is the source of all actions. 
but it does not wish to acquire or enjoy the fruits of actions, nor do actions generated from the self taint it in any way. The self is immaculate, it desires nothing, nothing affects it. Thus, he who identifies with the self and understands the role of self in action gains objectivity. He becomes an observer, a witness, a sakshi of his own life's activities. Desires do not drive him to actions. Actions do not taint him or bind him. He functions in this world like an actor on stage. An actor knows the difference between his true identity and the role he has to play. His actions on stage in no way affect his true personality. He has no interest in those actions or the fruits thereof. He, he remains ever disinterested, disconnected and detached from the stage. And so with the one who identifies with his real self within. His identification totally liberates him from, his, from this world. Nothing in the world influences, affects or binds him. Thank you. Any clarifications? Jesus Christ was crucified. It didn't affect him. In fact, he said, forgive everyone for crucifying me. Completely detached. Why? He knew who he really was. Ravi, get a question. I was just going to say, you know where it says um, nothing in the world influences effect or binds him. So that's obviously you're detached. You're, you're, you're identified with the self, but you still fulfill your role. So you have to fulfill your role, but you're not actually bound by it because if you know you're performing the role, you should not. I, I think in one of the earlier classes you said, as you know, if you think of a family unit, you do things for the family. And as long as you're doing it without anything coming back, you just do it. There's no expectation. Absolutely. And in fact, that's the next verse. Okay. It's a very short verse, so we're going to just cover that. Evam nyatva kritam karma purveirapi mumukshubihi puru karmevatasmatvam Purvei purvataram kritam evam nyatva kritam karma purveirapi mumukshubihi Guru Karmevatasmatvam Purvei Purvataram Kritam. Having known thus, action was performed even by the ancient seekers of liberation. Therefore, you also perform action as the ancients did in olden times. This is Lord Krishna talking to Arjuna now, yeah? Having known thus, now that you know this, now that you understand this, the role of self in action. Even the ancient seekers of liberation, meaning the sages, performed action. Therefore, Arjuna, you also perform action as the ancients did in olden times. Nilam, could you read verse, the first verse, please? The ancient seekers of liberation knew the subtle relationship between the self and action. Having gained this knowledge, they continued to engage themselves in action. 
Krishna appeals to Arjuna's feelings and respect for tradition by referring to the wise men of the past. In earlier verses, he had appealed to Arjuna's reason. Having thus prepared Arjuna with both reason and feeling, Krishna concludes powerfully, therefore you also must act as the wise men did in the past. Thank you. So Lord Krishna, Lord Krishna concludes, Arjuna, now you know the relationship with self and action. Understand, you are the self. But continue to perform your obligatory duty. Since inaction is death. You are born, you have this birth, you have an obligation. What is his duty, anyone? What's his duty? What's his obligatory duty? To fight. To fight. Which he's unable to do. Lucky for him, Lord Krishna was on his side. You must continue to act just like these ancient seekers of liberation. These sages were only interested in self-realization. That's all they wanted to do, achieve. But even they acted. They re even after reaching self-realization, they continued to perform action. And the reason Krish Lord Krishna brings in these great sages is because Arjuna had a lot of respect for these great sages. He knew them by name. He had a lot of respect for these great sages of the past. Therefore, Krishna uses this to appeal to Arjuna's emotions. I'm giving you the facts. Even these great sages you respect performed action. So what's stopping you, Arjuna? Perform your duty. Nilam. The self is supreme. It is immaculate. It is the source of all action that it has nothing to do with any action. It does not desire to perform any action. Neither has it any interest in acquiring or enjoying the fruit of action. The results of actions do not in any way affect the self. The self thou art, you are supreme. You are immaculate. You have nothing to acquire or enjoy in this world. With this knowledge clearly instilled in you to become the self, you must act without any involvement in the world. Like an actor on a stage, you have a role to play in life. Take up your role and detachedly perform your obligatory duty as best you can. Through such action, you will reach the ultimate state of liberation. Thank you. Ravi, you are supreme. You are immaculate. And so is your missus, yeah? So remember that. Therefore, nothing can taint you, nothing can affect you in the world. Only if you let it affect you, it'll affect you. Any questions? Yeah, Kevin? Um, I just wanted to go through two, two sentences quickly. Yep. So the first one was the ancient seekers of liberation knew mm -hmm. the subtle relationship between the self and action. Mm -hmm. Having gained this knowledge, they continue to engage themselves in action. Yeah. Um, and the last one was, take up your role and detachedly perform your obligatory duty as best you can. Through such action, you'll reach the ultimate state of liberation. Yeah. So is this the point where, when you get to that point, right, and you perform your actions, that's when you stop generating 
karmas, right? So you don't, because if I understand karma, you have positive, negative, and neutral, right? Yeah. So at this point is when you start generating neutral karmas, is that correct? Um, good point. Everything, you're absolutely right. So when you reach that point, the seekers have reached self-realization and they still continue performing action. That's what it means, correct? Cool? Yeah. Yeah. So the kind of action they perform, does it, is it good, bad, or neutral? That is your question, isn't it? Cool. Yeah. It's none of them. You can say it's neutral. It is their residual vasanas. They've already reached that goal, but they're not dead yet. Yeah. When they die, they will not have a rebirth. They become one. No more, re, no more uh, birth and death because there's no vasanas to propel that birth and death. Yeah. So their vasanas are neutral. They don't add, they don't take away. Yeah. It's just the residual vasanas. Yeah, so, so at that point, basically, the, the karmas you generate will no longer tie you to the birth and death cycle. No. You, you, you're sakshi to your actions now. You're witness to your actions. Yeah, you're one with the self. You're witness to your actions. And you understand this will end as well. Is that okay? Yeah. yeah. And then just one other comment. So yeah, in the previous verse, we were talking about um, uh, free will. Uh, and it's sort of a, one, of the, one of the quotes from a movie just came back to me. If you, if you remember watching Spider-Man, um, it was when the uncle died, he said, with great power comes great responsibility. I think we have this great power of free will, but we act so irresponsibly because we just don't understand. Mm. Absolutely. We don't understand our goal in life. We don't understand what our purpose in life is. Once we understand that purpose, then we can make it count. Then we can make, take the right course of action. We can use our free will to make good choices. Great. Any other clarifications? Good points, Kel. The example given is a car is going at 70 miles an hour on a motorway. Then it runs out of petrol. Will it stop it suddenly? It will continue for a couple more miles because of the motion. Similarly, when a person becomes self-realized, it doesn't just suddenly die. It, the motions, the actions to continue. So a lot of things to think about. If there's any other clarifications, we can take them up next week. So think about it. We've got a couple more verses of this topic. In fact, the next verse, even the wise are deluded. What is action is what is inaction. Therefore, I shall teach you action, knowing which you'll be liberated from evil. So that's next week. Lord Krishna will teach us what is right action. Liberate from evil. Great. Have a lovely day. And we'll see you next week.